Hello, and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I am Justin. And I'm Darren. And today we're going to be discussing a game that, uh, well, at first is going to be a little bit confusing. It's called Cube. And we've talked about Cube before, but this one is spelled Q-U-B-E, which is the... Uh, as you start up the game, it stands for Quick Understanding of Block Extension. Is that what it's for? I didn't even know that. As soon as you fire up the game, that's what it says. So this game is first-person puzzle. It is similar in style to Portal and Talos Principle. Turing Test. Ones we've talked about before, recommended at various levels. I like this game. I would definitely recommend this game, especially when it is on sale. So this game is from... 2014, so it's a few years old now. It has a very positive rating, like over 500 reviews. The developer is Toxic Games, and again, just the spelling is Q-U-B-E. So (laughs) otherwise, that could get a bit confusing. There is, uh, let's see, I would say it's $8 base. It's typically on sale for about $4, but it's you looked it up, it has a historic low of like a dollar. A dollar. Right? 99 cents. It's definitely worth a dollar. I would even say it's worth the four dollars. Eight dollars, maybe not because you don't get that long of a game. It's roughly about three to four hours. Yeah, it's kind of the same as the value that you... If you got good value out of uh, Super Hot by completing all the challenges, then there's a bunch of challenges at the end. I don't know if they're in the non-director's cut, but... In the director's cut, at the end, once you finish, there's a bunch of speed challenges and different kinds of... There's four or five different ones. Uh, and that could probably tack on an extra X number of hours. So, yeah. Let's bring that up briefly. I want to talk more about this in the spoiler section. But in our libraries, even though we've only bought one version of the game, we ended up with two versions. So it's our understanding that if you buy the director's cut which is the only one currently available on Steam, you end up with both the regular version and the director's cut. The main difference seems to be that the director's cut has story and the base version does not. Well, there's no voiceover, there's no anything. You're just kind of playing through the game silently. We're going to talk a bit more in the spoilers section about whether one is better than the other. Uh, We each played a different version. So we don't really, at this point, we haven't talked about it much because I didn't want spoilers. I played the one without the story and without the voiceovers. So we haven't really discussed it much. And you're going to have to go first in that because I want to hear your wild theories. That's that's good because that's exactly how I wanted to do it. <laughs> because otherwise you'd have to hold back the story until the end and that mm-hmm. seems a bit unfair. So Cube, I think even at $4, I would say that it's worth it if you can get it at a very low price or i think you've mentioned before it's pretty easy to trade for i would recommend it if you have finished all those others if you finished portal if you finished talus principle if you finished turing test and you need something else cube is there and cube 2 is waiting we haven't played it yet so yeah play it agreed okay uh if you stay any longer you will be in the spoiler section so beware. Do you want to shut the the blinds? Oh, no, I think I can just duck out of the way. 
That's okay. I was seeing you were there squinting. Yeah, like... it's like it'll, it'll move eventually behind that towel. It's just, it's just annoying, right? <laughs> Rather than walk the two feet to yeah, close man. the blinds, I will wait for the sun. You underestimate my laziness, man. Clearly. <laughs> Spoiler section. So, cube. As you said, we probably did this backwards because we didn't really know. So you played the director's cut first, and then. As I was loading up the base version, you were explaining that the director's cut has all sorts of voiceover and story, and the regular one does not. And boy, you're right. There's nothing. There's no... Is there music, at least? There's music, but there's no text. There's no speaking. There's no explanation of anything. So you learn everything by doing... And that's that's it. Yeah, because a friend contacted me on Steam, and he after I completed the game, I pro- posted a screenshot, and he said, "Oh, have you played the base version?" And I said, "No," because uh, I didn't really expect it to be different. I thought it would just have upgraded graphics or something in the director's cut, maybe a few extra puzzles, maybe a, a few more bonus areas, which I think is also true. Uh, I think that's a difference as well. Is like there's more secret rooms in the director's cut. But his main point was he thought that the base game was better because you got to make up your own story and that the director's cut story was a bit meh, you know, a little bit lackluster. One thing that you wanted to mention was that this is the first game these guys made. So that's impressive. If uh, I don't know how much truth there is to it. Like, I mean, they must have known something, you know, because if they're just like, hey, let's make a game, guys. Okay, can anyone code? No. Well, let's just learn as we go along. It's like, if they've done that, then that's great. But it explains, I got hit with about maybe five or six really game-breaking bugs that I had to go back. There are some. So beware of that. This is a kind of game It's not perfect. We probably should have said that in the spoiler-free section. That's okay. It's not perfect, though. It does have some bugs, but it looks beautiful. Yeah, no, it looks great. It, it, it really has that clinical kind of test chamber feel to it. But for anyone, for a first-time game out, this is really impressive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've done a great job for sure. After playing Cube, um, I'm more than happy to be looking out for Cube Two now. Like I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in playing that to see what they come up with next. Yeah, I think I was waiting to pull the trigger on that one until I played through the first, and now it's just uh, waiting for the best sale. I guess. <laughs> All right, so Cube, I always liked the look of it. I thought that even from the trailer, I was like, oh, it's like Portal. There's a part of me that loves that. That goes, oh yeah, it looks so much like Portal. But as I was playing through it, there was a bit too much like, oh, it looks like Portal. <laughs> There's a bit too much of it's like Portal. Even getting to the point where you start off testing essentially in rooms, and then you get to a point in the game where the rooms break and you fall through and you're behind the scenes. It's a bit too much on the nose. So there we are. We even have rooms kind of forming as we walk in and moving around as we walk in. It's very much, we're not quite Portal. (laughs) I mean, even the aesthetic of it, the white rooms looks very Portal-like. So there is mixed feelings there where I, I like it, but at the same time, I find it a little annoying. You're kind of reminding me of what you aren't rather than kind of being your own thing. That's where I think Talos Principle really excelled is 
they had some of the same elements, they had some of the same mechanics, but the look was almost completely different. I don't know, I, I think that I'm happy to play games that are Portal-like, but we need to not be quite so Portal-like <laughs> when we're making our games, I think. And just looking at the trailer for the second one, I think that they have... Branched out? A bit, yeah. So hopefully. hopefully. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, you know... Even if it was just like a fan-made project that they were doing just to see how it was received and if they could even get away with it and make it. And then once, you know, I'm pretty sure it was a fairly successful game. Like you said, it's got all good reviews on Steam. And so now they're like, okay, now we can do our own stuff. But also at the same time, what was the part, well, for me, what was the part of Portal that I adored the most, but there wasn't enough of? And that was all that behind-the-scenes stuff. I loved that part of Portal. And it ends so abruptly in the first one, especially. They definitely go down that route in the second one. But for the first one, you're like, oh, man, I wish there was more of this. And, you know, Cube fills that little gap. Uh, A little bit. A little bit. What it's missing, though, is Gladys. Yeah, of course. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk a bit about the story. Because, well, there's not a whole lot of it in the base version. So as I start, I'm on kind of an elevator. I'm on the floor. Yeah, Which, right. confusingly, they've put it from the perspective of somebody who would actually be looking that direction. But the thing is, when you are actually awake, when this is a physical thing, you don't see it as being vertical. At least I don't. If I'm lying down, I have a sense of up and down. And if I looked and saw that the wall was moving to the left... That's what I would be thinking. I wouldn't be thinking I'm on the floor. So I found that to be a little confusing because I was going, why am I pushing the wall? <laughs> because again, there's no voice or there's no anything. So my first instinct was, I'm pushing the wall for some reason. And then I realized, oh no, it's all fuzzy. So I'm waking up and they think that this is what it looks like. But I would not see the world this way. You go through some rooms You realize you have these gloves, they do things with cubes, and then you fall through the floor, you're in the behind the scenes thing where everything's falling apart for some reason, and then you get into a shuttle and you leave. You see a bunch of blocks and cubes and things in the sky, you realize you're in space, you look down on the earth, at least I'm assuming it's the earth, and you realize you just left a giant ship facility. And that's it. That's pretty much all you get. So what did you take away from that, though? Like, what do you think was going on? So clearly, the best theory is this is the future of package shipping. (laughs) So this is a future of FedEx, of UPS. In a world where there are too many people, they have to come up with interesting ways to get from one apartment to the next to deliver packages. And that has been done through these cubes. And when you get out and you see all those giant blocks, those are things we're going to have to deliver. And so basically I said, cube two, there's a lot of packages to deliver. That's clearly going to be the sequel. Uh, It's not even the name I wanted to go with. I wanted to go cube two. These packages won't deliver themselves. Oh, man, we should definitely have done this the other way around. I should be the one to play the base game. No way, no way. That's definitely a good theory. Because otherwise, all we're doing is it's some sort of 
the same thing. It's just another, we're doing it for science. We're just experimenting just for the heck of experimenting. What is the point of it otherwise? To have a practical purpose. A FedEx boredom machine. (laughs) Not boredom. Not boredom. This is a training facility. Like I said, this is a world where everything is high rises. Everything is kind of packed. I think I was going from the idea of Ready Player One, where there are all sorts of just RVs stacked on top of each other. And how do you get from one to the next? And so they've created these expanding cubes to get people from one place to the next. Because otherwise, I'm not really sure how uh, how this is going to work. So do you want to give me the actual story? Uh, or, or should we get it as we go through? Um... The story itself is quite simple. So I, I, I'll probably just, just lay it all out now and then you can be like, oh, well, that was a huge disappointment. Yeah. Um, so you start off and you wake up on the floor, like you said, and then there's a transmission that's very crackly and it's from the ISS, the International Space Station. And there's a woman on there and she's like, oh, you're awake. You've lost your memory. Uh, that happens. Don't worry. Uh, it'll come back to you. And then she kind of... Quite cleverly, I guess, how they break up the story is she is going out of range in the orbit and she's like, I'm going now, but I'll be back in the next cycle. And so you do a few puzzles and then well, you do like one puzzle and then she comes back. Every time you're in one of those corridors, basically, you know, like when you're going from room to room, more or less, and the, the, the walls are kind of maybe shaking or they're wobbling around. When you're in those long kind of corridors, there's someone talking to you. I don't know if they're long in the base version. Maybe they extended them so that you could hear the whole dialogue. Maybe they're very short in your one, but I don't know. Uh, but anyway, so you're in contact with her and it seems as you're going along, you're like, you have to mess with this cube. And people have been doing this for a long time, but failing and not solving it. And it's an alien spacecraft of some kind if i'm if i'm correct um and your mission is to basically try and destroy it try and destroy the spacecraft yeah well i mean it's all broken up in in pieces at the end because as you as you progress through she's like i don't know because you obviously can't talk to her Mm. um she's like yo your radio is broken but mine isn't i don't know if you can hear me but if you can then what you, whatever you're doing, keep doing it because parts of the shell are breaking off. Um, oh, the cube's gone completely dark now in some points. Like the lights were on, but now you've shut off all the lights. Um, you're definitely doing something right. They want to destroy this thing. About halfway through the game, though, you start to get this other transmission. And it's someone who, who to me, sounds like Paul Bettany, but it's not him. Um, but some other astronaut is like, don't listen to them. They're they're using you. You're you're trapped in a box. You're and he's so he's giving you the conspiracy theory side to it. And he's like, they're just using you. You're a rat in a maze. And so you've got these two. Where does he come from? He is. We don't know. Is he on like the other side of the international? Yeah, space maybe station, no. like five feet away. <laughs> well, we do find out he is on another spacecraft, um, and he was presumed. This is a huge spoiler, but we're in the spoiler section anyway. But he basically is already presumed dead. But their suits have like, uh, they, they, they're like, oh, they've got like a photosynthetic layer that can produce oxygen and hydrocarbons or whatever. So he's getting, we didn't realize that he could be alive. I think he's been lost for five years. And so he's gone a little bit mad. And so she's like, you know, who is this? And da, 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 da. And so. So they can hear each other. They can hear each other. And then they're like, this is a rogue frequency. This is a government channel. Like, you shouldn't be here. 
identify yourself. So they have a bit of a standoff and then you're left in the middle like, oh, do I trust this one or do is this guy telling the truth? But you don't have a choice. Do you? You, don't, you don't have a choice. But you do have a choice at the end. But I should go back and play it again because at the bit where you get onto the shuttle, you've got her saying, get on the shuttle, get on the shuttle. And you've got him going, no, don't get on the shuttle. Because basically, I think he's gone a little bit mad and he doesn't want to be alone anymore because he's found someone basically to talk to. But the whole thing is falling apart and exploding at this point. So it's like, yeah, I'm out of here. Dude. I guess. Okay. In the base version, it doesn't even seem there's an option. Because you're not told what to do. You don't even know what you're doing. So you just yeah, of course. Of... You're just like, oh, there's a shuttle. Get on the shuttle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, but then at the end, when you pop out and you got all the debris and everything, it's, it's so cheesy, but it's like, oh, you made it out. The president's on the line. <laughs> I, just, I just cracked up at that point, man. It was just like, so then this president guy comes on and it's like, congratulations. It's like, it's like the, the guy from uh, Wreck-It Ralph, you know, when he gets the medal, you know, and he's like, you are the hero of humanity, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but it turns out, like, oh, that guy that you were talking to, we thought he was dead. Don't worry, John, or whatever his name is, we're going to come for you. Which I guess is maybe what Cube 2 is about, finding this this lost astronaut. So, we like, yeah, all along, you're kind of like, ah, are these the bad guys? Is something going on? But it turns out, like, no, we're all on the same team. He's gone a bit mad because he's been lost in space for five years, completely isolated and alone and probably half emaciated because he's not had any food and you are in it for the species it's like saving humanity and you you yeah so you've destroyed this cube but how does this help save humanity i've got no idea was this giant ship going to crash into the planet but now that you've that <laughs> doesn't explain i mean when i say it's got a story yeah, it's got a little yeah, bit I, of a story. I feel like you're still filling in the gaps <laughs> in this story. Oh no, no, this is all this is all in there. But like I'm saying, I mean, I could go further. I could tell you what I think it is, but well, you may as well. I don't even know if I know what it is to be honest. It's like because it looks like the big obelisk from 2001, but a much much larger version. So it's like, yeah. So why do they want you to destroy it? They don't really go into detail on that. Secondly, how are you destroying it just by? Putting balls in holes. It's like a Fisher-Price toy. I destroyed a few walls. Well, they destroyed their own walls, though. I mean, that was like... It almost seemed like it was a test chamber because it was made to be broken. Like, put this in here, then the wrecking ball comes. Boom! Okay, now you can get into the next test area. So that's what I mean. That's why a lot of people are saying, yeah, the story... It, you were better off without it, to be honest, because then people could just make up their own mind. The story is a bit, well, rubbish. I think you get away with this story in Portal because it is what it is. You made a series of test chambers for whatever reason, psychology, for science, as they say. So you can kind of get away with that. There's one that seems totally illogical. At least I gave it a purpose. Exactly. Even if it's FedEx. But <laughs> I mean, the thing is like, okay, hey, if it is an alien spaceship... Why are you allowed to board it? Like, why are there no laser guns blasting you? Like, or is this an alien? Is it, and here's my theory, is it actually an alien test where they're putting this big massive cube up in front of worlds and then they're saying, if there's intelligent life down there, then if they're ready to make contact with us, solve this. Like, solve our Rubik's Cube, basically. This yeah, is an that would be more logical. This is an alien Rubik's Cube for me and that's the best that I can come up with. And so we've solved it, and now perhaps Cube 2 is, all right, well, here's the next Rubik's Cube. I don't know if it's that stupid, but that's what I took away from it. But in the game, they seem to think of it as that this big threat to humanity 
Um, which I guess, yeah, you'd be pretty intimidated by a massive giant black obelisk hovering over your earth. You know, the, you you know, you assume the worst like any of an alien inv- invasion. They're not coming to make friends, probably. But yeah, alien Rubik's cube. The end. Gaps filled and more gaps created. <laughs> People are gonna stop listening. <laughs> That's fine. Maybe this will be the shortest episode <laughs> of filling in the gaps ever. Well, what do we want to talk about? I guess I do want to get into the kind of the mechanics of the game. Yeah, let's talk about the game. Yeah. So let's talk about the different squares. So we've got the red square, which goes vertically it extends three squares um the gloves glow whatever color you're looking at so that you know you're kind of aimed at the right cube but that has to be sometimes very pinpoint Uh, it's not it's not the best tracking system for that i don't think i would agree and i think sometimes the angle they have you do it at is a bit awkward there is the blue square which you set it's like a springboard so you step on it and launches you into the air or launches a cube into the air or whatever you need much like portal when you walk through a room when you finish a set of chambers gray doors shut behind you and you can't turn around and go back the way you came yellow squares which come out in a stair-like pattern or if you click on the middle one the middle one comes out two and the outside ones just come out one aka completely useless well, I never used that middle one. You probably did once. Did I? Okay. It's not used very often. I think it's a mechanic that really should have been explored a bit more. If you're going to set it up, you may as well use it. Though you can decide which end is the long one, and that becomes very important even very early on. There's the green cube, which does absolutely nothing. It's just a cube, which yeah. you need to move around. And you can't push it. No, you it's, can't push, you can't pick it up. It's very heavy. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of, too. Why can't I just move this cube? Yeah, it must be extremely heavy. Yeah. Because otherwise it makes no sense. There's just so many times where just picking something up would have been so much easier. It doesn't sound heavy. Like when it drops, it sounds like a tin, tin can falling. I would say the same thing about the giant marble that we have to deal with as well. There were so many times where I could have just picked it up and walked it to the little green square and put just, it in. Just kick it, yeah. There was some times where I was like, I was getting confused by the puzzle as well, and I was thinking, oh wait, do I have to stand in the way of this and like move it out of the way, because I can't see how I can get it over there. Did that work? Could you do that? I didn't it try that It goes through. Okay. I definitely tried a few other crazy things, but... Yeah, it just clips right through. Okay. There are the purple squares where you can actually move a section of wall or floor much like a Rubik's Cube. This also is something that's a little bit inconsistent because in the last puzzle, it works in a totally different manner where you put it on the floor and the whole floor turns left or right. Ah, uh, through the glass, you mean that, that one? Yeah, so it rotates around the floor rather than the wall moving a section. So I got very confused by that. That's why when you were helping me through that puzzle and you said oh did you put it on the floor and i went no it won't work like in my head it made no sense that it would work at that point because there wasn't a full circle for it to rotate and i didn't even think oh well maybe there's another way to use it yeah. so it felt like they were kind of playing a bit loose with their own rules sometimes i was worried about the purple arrow cubes uh because i'm not very good at slide square puzzles or rubik's cubes 
Um, and I'm glad that they only really kept it for rotating the walls kind of horizontally. Uh, if they'd added something where you could also rotate them vertically around. Well, they did, but you never did. You never had the option to do both. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. If they'd done them at the same time. And yeah, I would have been pretty lost, I think. I probably wouldn't have finished it. <laughs> or oh, I'd have to watch a walkthrough. But that's what I liked about this game was the puzzles were... Some of them were easy. Some of them were solid. But none of them were really impossible. Like, none of them were too difficult. Uh, I kind of beg to differ okay. a little bit. I think the last puzzle, I think, was a real issue. But it may be just the kind of coding and the way that it was set up was a bit of an issue. The, but having bugs didn't help. Like, that magnet puzzle really annoyed me when... So, yeah, so t tell them about that. Yeah, so... So th there are two magnet puzzles where you have four magnets. So difficult that the developers realized that and there's an achievement on Steam for both of those puzzles specifically. I had thought that the first one was for a whole section, but then when I finished the second one and got achievement part two, I went, oh... They realized how frustrating these yeah. two puzzles are. It's really frustrating because you've got four magnets. They pull things. Four cubes. Yeah. So you've got four cubes. You've got to get exactly in the right spot. And so I think, was it the second puzzle that you hit the I, bug? I got a bug in the first one as well. Um, the one where you have to get the two, two cubes at the same time. Because when I was trying to get one up the wall, when I switched the magnet off... The cube just stuck was stuck on the side of the wall anyway, and it wouldn't move again, so I had to reset the game. Uh, but on the second one, with the four cubes and the four magnets under the glass floor, I had all of them in place, almost, and I was just about to hit the magnet. I was like, yep, yeah, this is it, because the small cubes obviously move quicker than the large cubes. I was like, okay, everything's set up, I'm on track here. And then as I went to push them, just before I hit the magnet, just one of my cubes just went... And just started moving off on its own and went off into a corner somewhere. And I had to do the whole thing again. And I think I kind of fluked it that first time where I just got things in place. But then I rage quit and then I went back and then I realized like, oh no, there's other ways to solve this puzzle and this is an easier way. So I did find, it made me find the easier solution, but I was not happy about having to do that part again because that was rough. Man. I found I just kind of stumbled through those two huge magnet ones, the ones with the four magnets. I understood the principle, and I got to the point where I had finally gotten the two cubes of two different sides lined up on the one side of the red blocks, and the other one set up on the other side of the other red block, like, just the way that I wanted it, but then the problem was that the small cubes move faster. Yeah. So... Guess which ones were closer to the wall? The small cubes always moved faster. So they were on the wrong side of the big cubes. I don't think that this puzzle was well thought out. I think that this was possible, but it was so much trial and error that it didn't really feel like I was solving the puzzle. I felt like I was just bumbling through until I came across the right solution. I think those red blocks that you... That you cut out uh, you, that you that you poke out yeah basically you've just got to get if that's the red line small cube big cube drag them down at the same time and bring them back and that's it that, it's actually quite a simple puzzle once you get them in, in the right position but getting them in the right position i knew the position i wanted them in hmm. but getting them into that position was extremely awkward 
Yeah, not an easy puzzle. Not an, not an easy puzzle. And not made any easier by the fact that it was really buggy. But the next one I felt was even worse. I don't I don't know what you're talking about with this one. What was the what, which one was this one when you went back to the balls again? No, 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 no. So the the second one of the four magnets. So now you have four blocks and four red pillars you have to put them on. On the <clears throat> on opposite sides you have another set of horizontal red that can come out and another vertical one. So you could basically make an L shape that will trap uh trap a cube that's basically what i had to do but the cubes in that one are not different sizes they're all for the same size okay i don't remember that puzzle at all i must have bl- uh, m- I'm m- shocked you don't remember because i spent so long doing that puzzle i figured you must maybe have that as well. maybe that maybe that was dropped from the director's cut then because i really don't remember that one there's also a issue with the magnets where it does things that magnets should not do which is well or they're the most amazing magnets of all time. Alien magnets, man, yeah. Because they are... Like, once you get a cube up, say, on an extended red cube, where... Uh, cube is probably not the right word for it. An extended red block. So you get it three squares high, and you hit the magnet, the cube will just float. Yes, but if we have no gravity, then I also should be able to float. <laughs> just float around, yeah. And me getting on top of a cube and getting it to float, that's even more mass. So if we're dealing with gravity here, that's a really, really strong magnet. How does that work? I don't understand. So I had a lot of problem with the very first magnet puzzle because I didn't realize that was going to happen. And once I realized that, then I was kind of okay with it from that point. But it did put it in my head that there's just something wrong with this whole... Because yeah, that one that you're talking about, that's the one that you have to stack two green cubes on top of each other to float across to get well, to the exit. That's what, that's the one that I thought you were talking about with the red pillars, and you got to get the blocks on top of them. But that's that's not the the hard one with the four magnets. Yeah. Uh, no. So the first one was the one where I was kind of stuck, and I sent you a message, but you weren't online at the time. You walk through this giant arena, and it basically looks like a giant arena. Like there's no chairs, but Oh there yeah, yeah, stairs yeah, yeah, yeah. going off to every side. Yeah, and there's a secret room there. Did you find the secret room? No, no. I don't think I found a single secret room, but I'm not even sure they're in it. Yeah, if they're in it, I don't even know how I would know if I had found a secret room. Basically, what happens is when you in that arena, I know exactly. What, it's like the Colosseum. Yeah? yeah, it's like there's like bleachers basically. When you come in there, if you go up to the left exit. There's just a plain wall there, but secret rooms, basically when you get close enough to that wall, it starts to shimmer around the outside, and then you walk through it, and then you're into a new room. Oh, well, I mean, there might have been, and I just didn't notice any. Then you exit the same way? And then basically when you finish that, you can come back that way. If that's a secret room, then I never found any. There was there was rooms like the Labyrinth. Um, you remember that old Labyrinth game where you had to tilt the yeah. maze things and get the ball through? Did you find any of those puzzles? No. no, those were all secret room puzzles. So yeah, there was like labyrinth-type games in the secret rooms. To be honest, though, I'm not really sure I missed it. Like, as far as emotionally missed it, I was kind of happy to just push through. And when I got towards the end, I was just kind of done. I, and I'm I think not sure I really wanted more. That's probably what they thought as well. They probably, they probably had those levels in there and were like, this could be another room. But then they're thinking, well... I think the experience is enough and people will maybe get tired of it. So if they find it in a secret room and they... Because basically, they're, 
all you get is an achievement. You don't get anything from solving the, the secret rooms. But I think there's something to finding a good puzzle. Most of Turing tests, the bonus puzzles weren't that great, but a couple of them were. A couple of them made me excited to get that extra puzzle because it was something a bit harder, a bit more out of the box thinking. I really enjoyed that. So if I found some good ones, maybe. Oh, you'd have got that out of these ones. Maybe you can go back and give it another shot. Maybe. I will say, maybe not the last one, but all the other kind of giant marble puzzles that we had to do. When I got to that first one, I I was in love. When I you're rolling the ball amazing. down the hill kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, and you have to manipulate it to set it up so that the ball will make it to the bottom. Yeah. I felt like I was playing that YouTube video I sent you about the Marble Olympics. Oh, the Marble Olympics, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I, this is basically me trying to figure out how to make that work. Yeah. And I thought that was a brilliant level, and that kind of came out of nowhere. And most of them I really loved. I thought the the Marble idea was really good. Again, a bit of a physics issue where they have the, not the first one, but later on where you're dealing with the purple arrows. And you have to move the whole wall to make the the ball stick to a certain side. And it really shouldn't stick to that side. It's really kind of cheating physics to make it work, to make that puzzle work. So I did have a little issue with that because it's not intuitive. But then once I realized that, then I went, okay, well, now I can... I know the system, I can cheat it now the way it's designed to be. But it became a real issue, I feel, on the last one of these puzzles. And... I think I still, I know, I know I cheated on the very, very last section of the last marble puzzle because there's no way that they designed it to do what I had it do. And this game is not a game about timing because the delay between um, firing off a shot to manipulate a block and then the time to do that again, like you can't just hit left, right, left, right when you're rotating something. It's like there's a cooldown period. And I find that a bit annoying, to be honest. Um, I found it particularly annoying in the magnet ones. Because I feel like there were a lot of on times... Off, on, off. When, when you're trying to get something precisely over a red square, and you can get it, but... I mean, you're, you're, you're manipulating four different things at the same time, trying to get them in just the right spot. To have it go a second too long, and everything is now out of place, and you essentially have to go back three steps that's very frustrating and i wrote this when i wrote my comment on steam is i need my puzzle games to be a hundred percent not logical all the time but foolproof like I, I can't handle a bug in a puzzle game because if i can't trust your logic then i can't trust the game and now i just feel like oh well i'll just have to watch a walkthrough like maybe i'm doing it right and if i'm doing it right all along and i go and see a playthrough and it's like oh this is how you do it because that that did happen to me in this game but luckily not to the point of frustration where I had to consult a walkthrough. But if I was doing something correctly for half an hour and then I found and I tried something different for another half hour and then I gave up, watched the walkthrough and they're like, no, 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 you were right the first time, I would be tearing my hair out. This is a problem, I think, particularly in the last puzzle because, again, I think that purple thing doesn't work the way that we've been shown that it works every other time. But there's also the issue of I mean, you were trying to help me through this, where I was getting the cube to go over a springboard, a blue cube, a blue box, whatever. And, and like, I knew right from the beginning, 
I saw that for the first time ever, we're not actually over a force field looking down. We're standing over physical glass and there's a crack in it. So clearly that's what we need to do is we need to crack this glass. But I couldn't get the cube to bounce high enough. Yeah, you told me that. That was That's weird, yeah. So I think what you have to do is what you told me is I need to get the red one to extend enough to get it out onto the... Actually, it's not the red. It's the, the yellow, yellow right? Because the so yellow is longer than the red. It's not. It's the same. However, it's one square over. You need it to be the yellow one. You need it to push it directly. Because what I was doing was I was getting it to scoop it like a hand and drag it across the floor. And instead of going straight up, it would just limply <laughs> bounce like one square high and then fall over. And so in my head, I went, well, I did what I was trying to get it to do. But at the same time, I got very frustrated with this puzzle because you told me that you pushed it out with the red and it just kind of got off center. And then therefore you could use the yellow at that point to push it. But again, in that room, when I had everything sorted out and I was like, yeah, this is the answer. This is it. This is quite, I like that puzzle. But then I got the yellow one and then I clicked extend and the green one just melted into it. I had that green cube pop on top of the red extender on top of the yellow stairs <laughs> so many times. Right. And then I basically just had to reset the room again. Yeah, that green cube has got a mind of its own, man. And so, yeah, I put it inside. It just melted into the yellow one and disappeared. And I was like, oh, so I clicked on the yellow one to, like, put it back into the wall again. But when I did that, the green cube just popped out and went, boom, and just, like, bounced all over the room. And it was at an angle. I took a screenshot. It's like, if you can tell me how I got that into that position, then, yeah. I wish I was taking a video of that because it was, it was hilarious. I had a problem where, at one point, I had. I hadn't set up the blue box properly. It wasn't there yet, but I had accidentally gotten the green cube onto the right spot. Oh. So I would have solved it ages before that. But I could never recreate that again because I had somehow done it just by extending the yellow stairs in a particular way. And this is a problem when the game is not consistent. And so I do have a real issue with that. And hopefully these issues were addressed and made better in the second one. I'd hope so. We won't know until we try. But I guess before we finish up, one thing that we do need to talk about is a section that I have some very, very mixed feelings about. And that is what I refer to as the Space Mountain levels. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah, I can see why. So essentially, you're in the dark, literally, and you can only see whatever blocks you have lit up. So you choose the color. You choose purple, and then you can see those lit up and manipulate them. You can only manipulate them when they're on. And I I don't know. Like, I think about it now. Like, visually, I really like these levels. Very disco. Puzzle-wise, it's an interesting concept. But visually, I really like these levels. I like the light in the dark and the focus of it. However, this game has a weakness on top of some of the others that we've already mentioned, in the fact that it's not great at platforming. It's a bit awkward. There are a number of times where I feel I walked over the springboard and it didn't launch me unless I'm looking at it. There seems to be this issue where no matter how much I'm walking around in circles aimlessly trying to look at where I'm trying to go, as you might in a game like Portal, and it doesn't launch me. 
But as soon as I look at the floor, then I can launch. Schrodinger's puzzle. <laughs> it feels a bit like that. Is the springboard there? We don't know. <laughs> so I found this particularly frustrating when I couldn't see where I was going. And there seemed to be times, and I could be wrong on this, but there did feel like there were times where things didn't seem to be there unless I lit them up. And that was particularly frustrating. So getting the yellow stairs out and getting launched to them, but then not landing on them. So sometimes having to get those things lit up. Again, not a good timing game. It's not set up for that. So it just wasn't designed well for that, I think. And at times I felt a bit frustrated as I did in The Witness. I kind of felt like these puzzles are probably not that interesting. I'd probably fly through them if it weren't for you taking away the light. And so visually, this was really interesting. But puzzle-wise, I felt like this wouldn't be that interesting if you left the light on. And that's why you've done it. Yeah, because they would be quite simple, really. The last one in that level, I think, was quite challenging. But I think it was more challenging because of the fact that I had to continually light up the different sections. And I think, for me, it really slowed the game down. Yeah. I hit that point and I went, oh, okay. Because it was never used again. This mechanic wasn't important in the future. I like that about the game, though. I do like that. I like how the game is constantly evolving. And it didn't ever really feel like it was getting old. Like, yeah, sure, it got frustrating in points, especially, like I said, with the bugs. But, like, like, for example, that one bug I experienced my first bug really early on in the game and it's the first time you have to use the springboard I think you have to drop a green cube and it hits the springboard and then launches over so you can get up on the stairs and then it's right near the beginning and I kept on doing that but it wasn't like you said it wasn't triggering the springboard the, the cube would just drop right past it the springboard is set it's in place and it wouldn't it wouldn't jump across and I'm standing here over these stairs like thinking, well, I can't jump up on this. I need that cube there. That blue springboard is there for a reason. Um, this is what needs to do. I must have done that about 10 times. And then on my 11th time, before I was about to give up, I did it again and boing, and then it pops over. It's like, ah, oh, that's, that's, that's a minus point, guys. Because, <laughs> you know, it's the definition of madness, really, doing the same thing over and over again. But apparently we need to in this game because maybe... That's the answer, and it just didn't work the first time. And that's a huge problem, man. Especially, you, can't, you can do that in other games, but you cannot do that in a puzzle game. Like, you can't. But, that, but, but the thing is, the game is always, yeah, it's always changing. Every time you got to a new section, it was a completely different thing. Nothing really got stale for me. Like, then, like you said, when you get to that Marble Olympics room, and it's like, oh, wow, this is really something different and pretty cool. I like this. And then it gets to the marble rolling, and you also change the physical color of the ball, and you got to drop them into colored slots. That must have driven you crazy. It did. terrible at knowing It did. I mixtures. was like, how do you make purple? I have to look it up. <laughs> how do you make purple? That was a challenging one for sure. A little bit frustrating. Yeah, frustrating is fine. Because I felt, especially in that ball rolling one, the ball's rolling, so you're being timed, but your gloves don't get... You can't time with your gloves, so it's like you're turning around and you're trying to rotate that, but you've got to get it pinpoint perfect on that thing before it'll rotate, and you miss it, and then, okay, reset the room, do it again, and you've got to get... I must have done that colour one where you've got like the, the purple, yellow, blue one a hundred times. Here's the one where I 
realized the cheat the most with getting the marble to stick in the corner, even though it really shouldn't physics-wise, because then I could have it rotating before the marble would get there and be in the right corner to move, and then I could be already on my way to setting up the next part to make sure that it would get where it was supposed to go. This is another one, though, that color one in particular, where there were times where the marble wouldn't go as far when pushed as other times, even though I had done it exactly the same. So getting that, for me, the last one was the orange one, getting it far enough forward to the orange. And also, it goes on an incline up, so I kept expecting it to slowly roll back down. I mean, I've done miniature golf before. Get up there, roll back down into the hole. Oh, no, it won't. It just stays there frustratingly. I understand what you're saying, and you're right. There is a lot of variety in this game, and I think that is part of why this game works. But one thing that this game does very, very well, better than most, is scaffolding your information, giving you step-by-step, letting you explore with, in my case, zero explanation to what's going to be happening next. And you get there, and you don't really feel lost. And I think that that's great. But in scaffolding that information and the mechanics, I think I would have expected towards the end to be using kind of all the things that I had learned. But magnets went by the wayside and... Power cables. The darkness went by the wayside. So those things were not important anymore. And that's where I kind of feel like those things are kind of unnecessary. If they're just thrown in for one level, it's kind of cool, but then it doesn't lead to anywhere. Though, to be honest, not really sad that that was not part of the last level because I was really getting frustrated with the kind of no light, one color at a time levels. And maybe again, maybe it's like that. They Maybe they were making this game in a linear fashion and then went, well, we don't want to do any more of those. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, that is possible. I mean, it would have been a nightmare if it was the last level was those get the ball in the green hole and it's in darkness. Like, they did fine with not cramming everything in at the end. Like, here's everything you learned in one puzzle. Ah. Let's do talk about it because you mentioned that the behind the scenes, everything's falling apart. The wires. I like that part, man. I like the wires. I like the concept of it more than I actually liked it, though. It seemed awfully convenient that this room that is broken is set up to conveniently get the wires to land in exactly the right spot. Because it's an alien Rubik's Cube to be solved. That getting the wires to touch the blocks for a second is enough to charge them up. That getting an orb to connect to a red wire turns it into a wrecking ball. Um, okay. Why? (laughs) I don't understand and there's a particularly brutal orb one where you just go and go and go and it just seems to never end and then the last one of that was just so frustrating i was i did like the little aerial faith plate bits in between where you're bouncing from room to room (laughs) interesting but i don't think very logical is what i would say about that section it doesn't seem to fit the story I think it's just, I honestly think because it's a team of people who were making their first game and first shot at, at, at programming and stuff, it's like, oh, this will be cool. Let's try this, you know? Maybe this is, they're messing with different types of physics to see what they can get away with and just putting different things in the game. For me, I love the cables. 
I liked the idea of that and like looping them down and getting them to touch the specific colored pads. And again, it's one of those things you play it for 10 minutes or maybe more than 10 minutes. You play it for whatever, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and then it's gone. That's it. I like games like that that do that. Like games like we've talked about before, like Inside, where you get a mechanic, you use it for 10 minutes, and then it's by the time you're just about getting bored of it, it's gone. Yeah, next. I like that. But I like, but like you said, I like how they have kind of scaffolded everything and it's like, it's very portal in that sense where it's like, here's the simplest thing you can do. All right, next. Here's two things to do. And then they, they really build well on on that and then when they introduce something new, they do it pretty well each time. Like I said, yeah, it does. it is frustrating, but that doesn't mean that the, the puzzles are bad or the mechanics are bad. It works on the whole when it's not bugging out. I think this is the type of game where we say, great first job, right? This is your first one. This is a really good first attempt at something. If it has the same problems in Cube 2, I think that would discourage me from a Cube 3. But if they've improved upon it, if the story is a bit more intriguing than my no story. Well, it, worked for, it works for Bethesda. <laughs> or, or even the one that you explained. I think I enjoyed the game. It is definitely one for puzzle lovers out there. I definitely would recommend it for people who like puzzle games. I wouldn't recommend it to people who aren't into puzzle games. This is not an entry-level game. Despite the fact of how well they scaffold everything up, I think this is definitely a game for people who want to challenge. I think the four magnet rooms are enough to stop anyone who's even probably just a casual puzzle player I think the lights going out is probably enough to deter most kind of casual puzzle gamers. This is definitely one I would say is more for dedicated puzzle gamers. Dedicated people want to stick through and get it. I don't think it's definitely that challenging, but I think the type of puzzles they're throwing at you and the obstacles they're throwing at you and the fact that there really isn't tutorial is enough to kind of deter people who aren't really into this medium. Seasoned puzzle solvers. Yeah, possibly. So yeah, so yeah, not a lot of people have completed this. So that's probably ties in a lot to what you're saying. Like, this is not... People probably pick this up thinking, oh, this is a puzzle game. I, I like puzzles, but eh, they're giving up about halfway and only about that. Like, like we've just looked at the, the global stats for the achievement f- uh, finale is 23-something percent, so... Less than a quarter of people who've bought this game have actually completed it. I'm glad that I played it. I'm not sure I really want to jump back into it, even with the secret rooms. I'm not sure that I'm going to be dying to play it a second time. Yeah, I mean, the only reason you'd go back in to do the secret rooms is if you... It's the same kind of... It's the same deal as The Witness. You're going in for the sake of solving puzzles. It doesn't add anything, anything to the story. So it's like, if you want to see some new puzzles and try them out, Go and do the secret rooms because they are interesting. They've they've got some diversity to them. They're they're not all kind of just the same style. One is like a really weird stained glass window that you've got to match up. Another one's like I said, those labyrinth style games. They're definitely interesting. Big scale, like big kind of huge rooms that you can look down on in some cases. But the the problem is with with the game labyrinth is you can do like trigger hair trigger kind of accuracy where you're bending the board well 
Well, not here, yeah. yeah. It's, good, it's good as you can get, or you can just dunt it with your hand, yeah. But, <laughs> well, um, but I, I just think it, I remember that game, and it was not hair trigger, and that was one of the things I always found the most frustrating about it. I mean, you can edge things along, you know? Yeah. You can edge the ball along. This, you can't, because you got... It's so binary, this game. It's either it's on or it's off. So it's right. like, tilt the room. Okay, there goes the ball. Can you tilt it in the opposite direction quick enough to kind of slow it down and roll it through that hole? No, it's like it's all or nothing. But to be honest, they've done it well and it does kind of work. So I'll say that. If you've not done the secret rooms, go and give them a shot. So Cube, I mean, we're we're at the end here. So, I mean, I would recommend it to people who really want to challenge you would feel much the same. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It gets my seal of approval for sure. But the real question here is, would you say play the director's cut or would you say play not the director's cut? I'm kicking myself for playing the director's cut. I, you, you I, wish, I wish that I'd played the non-story one so I could have made up, I would have made up some absolutely bananas theory on what this was all about. But now I can't because I can't unsee what I've seen. And so I'm just going to have to go with your FedEx theory now. <laughs> gaps filled and more gaps created. Thing. I think this is all going to get cut in, by the way. <laughs> yeah, not all of it, hopefully. Uh, you see the guy that looks like Pee Wee. So you're going to do this and it's not going to help. <laughs> and this is a common theme here of talking too much, showing too much of your dark side, I think. She does have cats or something. Yeah, I'm a cat lady. <laughs> I just put older white guy at this point, but I think it's sweater vest Oh, guy. that's who I was confusing for cardigan guy. This idiot admits to it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But I guess it would have been a boring movie if no one said anything yeah. for an hour and a half. <laughs> All this and more on the next episode of Filling in the gaps.